hello, and welcome to Rob's Random Stuff, the podcast that varies so wildly in topic that no algorithm would dare pick us up. And speaking of no algorithm picking us up, the Twitter algorithm hasn't picked us up, so please go follow our Twitter, at stuff underscore Rob, where we post one random fact every single day. And among other cool things. There, there, yeah, there's also cool things in there. Now, unfortunately, John is on vacation, so... So I am left to record this podcast with my bestest of friends, Mr. Arnold Palmer. Say hello, Arnold. I'm just kidding. Arnold Palmer is actually just iced tea and lemonade, so he can't say anything. But he can still join us from the pits of my stomach. Anyways, today we are talking about helicopters. A request from my dad and his friend, so... So here you go, Dad and Rob. Funnily enough, he's he's also named Rob, not my dad, but my dad's friend. We should get him on the podcast one day. Two Robs are always better than one Rob, I think. Anyways, if you're stupid and don't know what a helicopter is, it is a type of aircraft where the lift and the thrust is provided by rotors that spin horizontally. It allows them to take off and land vertically, hover, and move in any direction. I am sure you've seen a helicopter before, but I mean, if you don't, you just Google helicopter. Really, which rock have you been living under? So I figured, since history is cool, we'd start off with history and get straight into this podcast because I have no one to blab on about random stuff about, except my friend Arnold. You know, these are really good. They were on sale at Mariano's for 89 cents each, and I was really tempted to buy 10 of them. But I only bought two because I'm responsible. It's it's still really good. And I, I don't understand why the other ones have to be so expensive. Like, the brisk ones are like $12 a piece. I, they're only like $2 a piece. But, but, but why are those $12 and these ones taste better and, and cost less? That's my question. Helicopters. I bet Arnold Palmer had a helicopter. He looks like the kind of guy to have one. Well, I mean, he's playing golf on the on the can, and golf guys have helicopters, right? The earliest reference for vertical aircraft, not specifically a helicopter, but vertical aircraft come from China around 400 BC. Kids would play with some flying bamboo toys that were operated by spinning a rolling stick attached to a rotor, and when you let go of the toy, it would fly up hover for a bit and come back down. Designs that were similar to that Chinese toy came up in some Renaissance paintings and other works, and in the early 18th and 19th century, Western scientists developed some small flying machine models based on that toy. But... But... In the early 1480s, some Italian guy named Leonardo da Vinci came up with a design for a machine that people described as an aerial screw. His notes suggest that he built some small models about this, but never really mentioned a way for the rotor to stop spinning the entire aircraft and never really built a big one. So, But as scientific knowledge increased and people continued to pursue da Vinci's models, they came up with some other designs. In July of 1754, a Russian guy named Mikhail Lomonosov developed a small model based on that Chinese toy, powered up by a wound-up spring, 
and de demonstrated it to the Russian Academy of Sciences. Sciences. He suggested it would be used to lift meteorological equipment high up into the sky to get cool and better readings that they haven't seen before. Way later, in 1861, the word helicopter was coined by Gustave de Ponton de Americourt and Damacourt. Gustave de Ponton Damacourt. I think I got it. A French inventor who came up with a small steam-powered model. Unfortunately, his model never made it off the ground. But it inspired other inventors. In 1878, an Italian guy named Enrico Forlanini made a model that used a steam engine that rose to a height of about 40 feet, where it hovered for about 20 seconds, and then came back down. Other inventors used two blades that counter-rotated, and even electricity to fly their models. In July of 1901, the first flight of Hermann Ganswintz helicopter took place in Berlin. This was widely regarded as the first heavier-than-air motor-driven flight carrying a human. Someone recorded it, but the tape was lost, and still remains lost. A little earlier than that, in 1885, Thomas Edison was given $1,000, which is 30 grand in today's money, by James Gordon Bennett Jr. to conduct experiments towards developing a flying machine, but he failed. He used an internal combustion engine that exploded and badly injured one of his workers. Jan Bahil, a Slovak inventor, adapted that internal combustion engine to power his helicopter that reached a height of a foot and a half in 1901. On May 5th, 1905, his helicopter reached about 13 feet in altitude and flew for over 4,900 feet before it landed. And in 1908, Edison patented his own design for a helicopter powered by a gasoline engine with box kites attached to a mast by cables for a rotor. But yet again, he's a failure and it never flew. Can invent a light bulb, but, but not, not a helicopter. Anyways, in 1906, two French brothers by the names of Jacques and Louis Breguet began experimenting with airfoils for helicopters. Uh, one year later, those experiments became gyroplane number one, pretty much the earliest known example of a quadcopter. There is speculation about that date, but somewhere between August and September of 1907, those guys managed to lift their plane and a pilot two feet in the air and hover for a minute. Further along the line, Henrik Falk had purchased a license from the Sierva Autogiro Company, which, according to Frank Kingston Smith Jr., included the fully controllable cyclic collective pitch hub system. Science. In return, Sierva received a cross license to build a Falk Angelis helicopters. Falk designed the world's first practical traverse twin rotor helicopter named the Falk Wolf FW61, which first flew in June of 1936. The F1 had flown higher than 8,000 speeds. Speeds. Had flown higher than 8,000 feet at speeds of 120 miles an hour. In the United States, however, a Russian-born engineer, Igor Sikorsky and Wynne Lawrence LePage, competed to produce... U.S. military's first helicopter. 
LePage had received the patent rights to develop helicopters after the FW-61 and built the XR-1. Meanwhile, Sikorsky settled on a simpler single-rotor design, the VS-300, which turned out to be the first practical single-lifting rotor helicopter design. After experimenting with those configur configurations to counteract the torque produced by the single-rotor, Sikorsky decided to settle on a single smaller rotor mounted on the tail boom. So he's got the main rotor that spins, and on the tail of the helicopter, he's got another one that spins vertically. You, you've seen a helicopter before, right? It's kind of like that. Developed and based upon the VS-300, Sikorsky's R-4 was the first large-scale mass-produced helicopter. With production order for 100 aircraft, the R-4 was the only Allied helicopter to serve in World War II. In Alaska and in other areas with harsh terrain, total production reached 131 before the R-4 was replaced by other Sikorsky helicopters like the R-5 and the R-6. All in all, Sikorsky produced over 400 helicopters by the end of World War II. And there you go. Some history for you. Now, I've got some science for you. Helicopters can't really fly as fast as a plane with wings, and you might have noticed this, and here's why. When it's hovering, the outer tips of the rotors travel at a speed determined by that blade length and the rotational speed. That's why it's hovering. In the moving helicopter, the speed of the blades relative to the air that it's passing through depends on the helicopter speed and the rotational speed. The airspeed of the moving rotor blade is quite faster than the actual speed of the helicopter when it's rotating around in the same directional arc as the helicopter is moving. This makes it possible for those rotors to pass through the speed of sound as it rotates in the same direction as the helicopter and as it loops back around, drop back down while it rotates and the helicopter, while the helicopter is maintaining a constant speed, this produces a whole lot of drag and a whole lot of vibration, and at the same time, the advancing blade creates more lift, while the retreating one creates less lift. If the aircraft were to accelerate to the airspeed that the blade tips are spinning, the retreating blade passes through the air moving at the same speed of the blade and produces no lift at all, resulting in a very high torque stress on the central shaft, that can tip down the retreating blade side of the vehicle and cause a loss of control. Because the advancing blade has a higher airspeed than the retreating blade and generates a, a dissymmetry of lift, the rotor blades are designed to flap and lift and twist in such a way that the advancing blade flaps up and down and develops a smaller angle of attack. Conversely, the retreating blade flaps down, developing a higher angle of attack and generates more lift. At high speeds, the force on the rotors is such that they flap excessively and the retreating blade can reach too high of an angle and stall. Basically, the maximum safe forward airspeed of a helicopter is given a design rating called VNE, Velocity Never Exceed, based on the weight, the height, the spin speed. They give this guy a, a max speed and don't exceed that otherwise you're going to fall out of the sky. HowStuffWorks.com has a great article on how these things fly so i'm gonna use it because howstuffworks.com is great so a rotary motion is the easiest way to keep the wing continuously moving you can mount two or more wings on that central shaft and then spin the shaft just like the blades on a ceiling fan except your ceiling fan sometimes has three or four 
The rotating wings of a helicopter function just like the airfoil of an airplane wing, but generally helicopter airfoils are symmetrical and not asymmetrical like they are on the fixed wing aircraft. The helicopter's rotating wing is normally called the main rotor, and if you gave the main rotor wings a slight angle of attack on the shaft and spin the shaft, the wings will start to develop lift, and then you start flying. In order to spin that shaft with enough force to lift a human and the vehicle, you need an engine, and these days it's usually a gas turbine engine. The engine's drive shaft can connect through the transmission to the rotor shaft, and this arrangement works pretty well on the ground. It spins and you stay still. And when you lift off the ground, there's nothing to keep that engine, and therefore the body of the vehicle and you inside that helicopter from spinning, just like the main rotor does. So you will spin the same way that helicopter spins, and now, well now, now we are just an amusement park ride, people. So, you need to apply a force to stop it. Now we've got a tail rotor. So it's just like the main rotor, but smaller, and uh, on the tail, and flip to the side. So you just take that main rotor and flip it 90 degrees, make it smaller, and put it on that tail. The tail rotor produces thrust just like an airplane propeller. By producing the thrust in a sideways direction, it counteracts the engine's desire to spin the body. Normally, the tail rotor is driven by a long drive shaft that runs from the main rotor's transmission all the way back through the tail to a small transmission at the tail rotor. Uh, in order to actually control this vehicle and guide it into a canyon to complete the ultimate rescue mission, both the main rotor and the tail rotor need to be adjustable. But that is a story for another day. And there you have it! You've got the history of a helicopter. You've got how the helicopter flies. If you want to know more, um, there's like thousands of pages of history on the Wikipedia page. And as usual, HowStuffWorks.com, actually this isn't a bad link, science.howstuffworks.com slash transport slash flight slash modern slash helicopter 6.htm has a, it's, it's great. It has a great article on how these things fly and some more information and, you know, helicopters are just plain cool. These early Chinese designs are actually really cool to look at too. And I will post pictures of them on our Twitter. So you should go follow that. And we do have a Facebook page as well. You can go search on Facebook for that, Rob's Random Stuff. We're on Twitter at Stuff underscore Rob. Or you can go to our website. You can find our Discord. You can find our other episodes. You can find us wherever you get your podcast episodes, including Google Podcasts now because I forked over the extra cash. And that's all from us. I'm Rob, and Arnold Palmer has been sitting in the background. I've been slowly sipping away until he's gradually reduced to just about an inch in my glass now. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. <laughs>